calls. He's a libertarian in chief. This is the libertarian chief chat. Just a libertarian chit chat with the chief. Oh, hey, I'm Kevin. I'm here too. All right, welcome to Chief Chats with Kevin Hobby and Todd Hagopian. I'm Kevin Hobby. And I'm Todd Hagopian, and we have our friend Sarah with us today. You might know her better as at S-A-I-I-I-R-R-R on all social media platforms. Sarah, you want to take a minute to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, so my name is Sarah, and I am, you know, 25 years old, kind of a little bit newly married, uh, homeowner, two dogs, um, and I actually have, you know, a really fun time just learning more about, you know, liberty and politics in general. Um, it's actually been something that I've recently become more passionate with. Um, you know, I, I always paid attention, but it, now it's really getting to me. I'm really starting to dive deep into it and learning to love it actually yeah, that's actually one of the reasons we brought you on is this is of course one of our ladies of liberty episodes where we like to find out what brought you to the movement um how that experience has been as a woman in the movement um and and what you're looking to do going forward and how we can do better in the movement to market to women as well um and so one of the reasons we brought you on is because we knew you were young in the movement very energetic very excited getting out there, putting your name out, putting your ideas out. Um, but let's take a step back and tell us where you came from. So what ideology were you and how did you kind of start to make that transition? What did that journey look like for you? So I actually learned where I stood politically, probably at a young age. I, I think it's pretty young for most people. Um, I was actually a senior in high school. So 17 years old, and it was during the 2012 election. My uh, US government teacher at the time, I believe it was US government, some sort of related class, decided to have us all take the I side with poll to see where we politically fell. And at the time, I side with didn't have as much detail in it as it currently does. It only had a little arch with one side being red, one side being blue, and a tiny sliver of white in the middle. <laughs> so he gave us a couple minutes. We all sat down, answered all the questionnaires, and then he told us to go ahead and, you know, red on one side, blue on the other, and split the room. We're going to discuss topics. And I raised my hand. I told him, I don't go anywhere. <laughs> I don't belong in any of these. I'm in the tiny white sliver at the middle of the arch. And he was like, are you sure? So he double checked everything. I answered all the questions and he goes, okay, um, well, you can be the moderator. <laughs> Real awkwardly, not really sure where to throw me, asked if I preferred one side over the other. And I told him, I really do feel like I'm down the middle. I I don't fit in either of those categories. So at 17 years old, I learned that neither Republican or Democrat was for me. It's, it, I didn't belong in either. I wasn't passionate about either of the two. I was passionate about certain topics, but not enough to make me feel like I belonged in one of those boxes. 
So at the end of the class, he actually gave me resources to figure out what's in that little white sliver and what I am. And after discussing it with like a few of my family members, um, which are mostly Republican, um, I actually ended up finding out that I'm libertarian, which I have never heard of. So, but I feel like most people at 17 might not know that there are other options out there. Yeah. So that was a big one for me that that started my curiosity, but because of the way many people in the population tend to say that it's a wasted vote and you should go, you know, with one or the other, I was leaning and voting Republican for a long time. Well, I guess not long time, but <laughs> not too long, but it, for as long as I can vote, I, I was until this election. And this election is the one that, you know, my first presidential election was between Trump and Hillary. And, you know, that wasn't, I wasn't a fan of those options, but I, I fell for the, it's a wasted vote. You, you, you can't do that. You have to pick one or the other. You can't let someone win. So, so I ended up doing that, but this year, you know, it was a little different. I had a little more, you know, I, I got, I got mad at Trump. That's actually what put me over the edge and was like, you know what, screw it. I don't care if I'm wasting my vote. This is what I'm going to do. I'm voting how I want. And then I, it just, it went all, I'm going to say all uphill from there because yeah. that's, that's what started this drive that I have right now. So I would say I've always been a libertarian at heart, but I didn't have the passion and drive for it until now. Well, and it's really good to hear um, because obviously, you know, we had it, we had a much higher percentage in 2016 than we did in 2020. So it is always nice to hear stories of newer people coming to the party. Um, and obviously we've had folks on who have told us, you know, that the membership increased dramatically and we actually did have a solid election in certain types of metrics. We made progress in my state, actually. Um, right? Yeah, so Joe Jorgensen had to go around petitioning and, you know, just trying really hard to get on the ballots mm -hmm. in all 50 states. In Pennsylvania, we had enough libertarian votes that whoever the next presidential candidate for the libertarian party is will not have to sign like go around petitioning and they'll just automatically be on the presidential ballot so we that's a small win for me i like i'm i'm happy with it you know it yeah. not only did i feel like i voted what's in my heart but we made progress it's a little bit but we'll get there yeah now have you had any contact at all with your local chapter in pennsylvania or any of your no actually okay interesting um and and do you know who they are um i i see some of the yeah. like signage around but you don't really hear much from them yeah. around here yeah. which is and kind it, of weird 
Yeah, and we find that, you know, in, in a lot of different states and not to say, uh, I, don't, I don't know the Pennsylvania chapter, they could be really strong uh, or really strong in certain areas of Pennsylvania and not other areas of Pennsylvania that happens too. Um, but it is interesting that um, that you kind of came through, it sounds like came through more of the Jorgensen angle and not from yeah. the state angle, you know, um, and, and yet the state hasn't uh, managed to capture you. Uh, which is just um, something that we all need to think about. Um, so I'm on, you know, the state executive committee of Oklahoma. Uh, how many folks out there, you know, rode Jorgensen into the party and we haven't captured, you know, it's just something that we have to think about. So as you um, made that transition from Republican to Libertarian, um, what were some of those key issues that that Trump or the Republican party did wrong over those four years that allowed you to make that jump? One of them were a a big one for me and my husband were actually the red flag laws. So I, I do have major depressive disorder. If my doctor were to say anything, I, we can lose all of our guns. And my husband is actually a competitive trap shooter. So it's something that's very important to him. It's, I mean, very important to him. And then we're also, I don't go as often, um, but he hunts. So that's another, you know, we have these things and I, I don't believe that someone else can make that judgment for me. If I were to like, I, I just don't think it's fair. Yeah. You know, and it's not, it would put a hard, a hard thing between my husband and I, I guess, because we'd have to, you know, he, he would lose his hobbies. Yeah. Well, and he, that's an issue that I've talked a lot about um, because I'm passionate about it. And it's because I'm passionate about it because over 40% of Americans at some point in time um, exhibit some form of depression, anxiety, go and see a doctor for it right. um, at some point in their life. Like it's a big, big number that seek help at some point in their life. You know what I mean? Um, and, and not all doctors are built the same. Not all doctors diagnose. Right. Most of these conditions <clears throat> are diagnosed uh, essentially subjectively. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's no blood test for 90% of these you know, mental disorders. Um, and, and it drives me crazy because it, the doctor, if you put red flag laws in place, the doctors are going to do what doctors do, which is be cautious. And they're right. going to err on the side of caution and say, everybody who I know ha- has a gun that has one of these disorders, you know, is going to be red flagged. That way they never could come back on me and say that I should have seen it. Um, And so it's an issue that I've been extremely passionate about. Uh, So so I completely can get that. And obviously Trump was a disappointment there. No worse than Biden will be, but still. No, they're they're both disappointing in that area. (laughs) Yeah. What other other major areas? Um, I don't know that it was, you know, exactly Trump, but some of the issues with, you know, people in the LGBTQ community being able to adopt or foster, 
um, they actually went backwards on that. I mean, kids need a loving home and they can get a loving home from people of the same gender, people who are transitioning. I don't see why they shouldn't have the ability to go adopt and provide a child with a great life. So that one bothered me. Um, the stance on abortion drives me nuts. So, but I know that's also touchy yeah. for some libertarians as well. Sure. So. Yeah, and but, I think um, interestingly, two out of the three things that you mentioned uh, were social issues, it sounds like. Yes. Um, which Kevin has some interesting thoughts on um, on social issues and libertarianism and how we should market more uh, towards the social aspect. Kevin, you want to kind of chime in on those? Yeah, so one of the things that I'm really passionate about is um, I believe that we as libertarians are missing the mark because um, we spend a lot of time talking about economics and about ending the Fed and taxation is theft and all of these things. But what we're missing the mark on is most people really care about social issues. That's their main thing because a lot of people don't understand economics and it's just not a big part of their day-to-day -day lives. So what I believe happens a lot of the time is that the left, um, especially progressives and socialists, they kind of hog the spotlight when it comes to those social issues. And I think that we as libertarians are missing the mark and we need yeah, to be marketing absolutely. to younger people as saying, hey, if you support trans rights and you support you know, immigration rights and you support abortion and you support all of these social issues, there is an alternative. You don't have to be an AOC or a squad type progressive. You can also be right. a libertarian. Yeah, I've, I've shared um, a lot of stuff like that with friends actually. Um, and some of them have actually taken it into consideration. People that do lean left and consider themselves, you know, Democrats or even along the lines of socialists. They've actually sat down and asked asked me questions about it. They, you know, said, you seem to know a decent bit. Where do you stand on this? Where, you know, how does this make you, you know, what political party agrees to this, but also agrees with the economic side? And I'm like, libertarian, like, welcome. <laughs> I'm like, you're discovering that you might not be what you think you are. Yeah. So I always try and bring it back to the constitution when I'm breaking it down for people that don't understand it. And I, I try to, in a nice way, it doesn't usually work, come out and say that picking between the two major parties, what you have to decide is which constitutional amendments you are not going to enforce. Um, because each of the parties has certain constitutional amendments that they don't want to uh, afford you those liberties. But with libertarianism, we essentially are, are giving you all of those liberties. So there will be times that we are against the, you know, quote unquote Republicans and against the quote unquote Democrats on issues. But, but if you test us and our stances back against the Bill of Rights, you'll find that we're, we're very, very steady um, in at least the Bill of Rights. I won't go as far as the whole constitution, but at least the Bill of Rights. Right. We're very steady on that. Um, and so that's how I try and explain it to people. How have those conversations for you gone? So 
a lot of the people that I have talked to aren't super familiar with, you know, the Bill of Rights or the Constitution. They know the first couple like pieces of it, but they don't, I don't know that they've actually sat down and read it and, you know, read what their liberties are, what they should be able to do. So a lot of that is actually a little difficult to explain to people just because I'm, I'm trying to teach them, you know, what the amendments are, what the Bill of Rights is, and also explain my stance, the libertarian stance, and then compare it to Democrats and Republicans. So it's, it's a huge conversation that not many people are willing to discuss politics for that long, is yeah. what I'm finding. Yeah. So I kind of actually just start with, you know, what, what's something, what's a topic that matters to them. So I have a friend that's actually, you know, pretty big on like women's rights, like women being able to make that choice for if they would like to abort or not, women being able to have affordable birth control. You know, she's, she wants those, those things. And I explained to her, I agree with that. I, I think we should be able to get birth control if we want it. I, I agree that if you want to make the decision to abort, that's your decision. So I pick, I pick a topic instead of trying to explain the Constitution or Bill of Rights, just because I'm not sure that everyone that I've talked to is ready for that yet. Yeah. Um, I, I know that once they start doing a little more digging, once they start to get, you know, that little seed planted in their head that maybe they do align with this, they'll start to dig and come back with more questions. <clears throat> and so you and Kevin are saying a lot of the same things. And I know we're on audio right now, but I'm holding up the, the pocket constitution that I keep with me everywhere. And I'll literally throw it on the table and have a discussion with people. And I think it's interesting because we've had other guests say very similar things to you and Kevin, that especially as people come into the movement, we need to focus on, you know, what's important to them, softer conversations. Um, and obviously there's there's time and a place for everything. There's certain people that are gonna be good at that conversation. There's certain people that are going to be better at my type of conversation, you know what I mean? Um, right. and, it, and it's just interesting though, as a woman, coming into the movement and of course you're active on social media where people are just ridiculous what is that them like you know coming in where a lot of people are like me where they take the bill of rights and throw it at you you know if if you say the wrong thing what has that been like um so there have definitely been some things that I have said that are have gotten some attention um one of them was actually a tweet where I stated the things that I want. And I I started with I want and said the item. And it was just a list of I want, I want, I want. And they were like, well, that's not libertarian. That's not how that works. And I'm like, I'm telling you what I want. Because I said that I would like the majority of taxes to be eliminated. I, I don't feel that we need, I mean, we get, I cry when I see how much I get taxed. I really do. I don't want to look at that number. 
I I hate that number. I hate it. Sitting down and just doing <laughs> doing the math and watching all of my money go away with, you know, my income tax, property tax, sales tax. It's too much. It's way too much. And especially that I know that that money is not being used as they say. You know, knowing that I'm putting money into something and I can see that the roads around here are terrible. I don't know why they're still terrible. I pay so much in taxes, they shouldn't be. Or why my road doesn't get, like no snow plows come by. Why? <laughs> I pay for it. <laughs> so I, I would like to cut back on that, but I think, and this is just my personal opinion, I think that there are some taxes that could be reformed and used appropriately. So a lot of people got very, that's not libertarian of you. And I'm like, okay, I, it's me. Right. That's, it's, it's my thought, my, my wish list. It's not the libertarian wish list. It's not some grand thing. This is just Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> so I do get a lot of people who expect or want me to be like completely 100% everything libertarian. And, you know, that's, I align a lot with this party. Um, but there are some things that I'm a little like loose with, a little laid back with, which I'm finding is not not always what people expect or want. So, yeah. and I mean, just to be fair, there are several different kinds of libertarians, right? Twitter tends to be more towards the anarchist and cap um, type right. libertarian. Um, minarchist is where I kind of fall, which is uh, requires some taxation, hopefully voluntary taxation, but but not always, you know. Um, and then there's the pragmatist libertarians who are more like what you're talking about—a slow move towards um, towards a lot less taxation. Yeah. So I, I guess my point is, is like it doesn't make you not a libertarian; it makes you not an ANCAP. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. what the Twitter libertarian world is. Um, and so it's interesting that you know you're hearing it as not a libertarian, and obviously we're all used to. <laughs> yes. Maybe we're not all None used to. None of us are. Uh, maybe, no, maybe not at all. You're not used to people telling you you're not a true libertarian, but um, but we're all used to it now, you know. Yeah. The movement of it. <laughs> um, but it probably is. What what went through your mind the first time you heard somebody tell you that you weren't a libertarian? Um, so the first time someone said that to me actually wasn't on that, you know, little controversial tweet that got a lot of attention. It was actually, I don't even remember what I said, but someone someone let me know I am not a real libertarian. And I was like, oh, good to know. <laughs> Oops, I guess, I guess I'll just, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I'm telling you, this is, this is where I fall. This is what I believe. If it's not real, then then I guess I'm imaginary. <laughs> so I kind of actually brushed it off kind of like a joke. Yeah. Like it was like, okay, 
like you don't really know what goes through my mind but thank you right <laughs> like I'll, I'll see you later on twitter so what do you think um what do you think the party and maybe maybe this is a good question from a party standpoint what do you think the party can do um to better reach out to women from a messaging standpoint um organizational standpoint so you've seen you know how pennsylvania hasn't scooped you up yet you know what i mean whereas um whereas sometimes um maybe somebody in the male gender might have you know reached out like i i came in gangbusters in ohio like i want to run the run this place right and that that was not a good not a good strategy either you know what i mean but um, but how how would they have gotten your attention and gotten you kind of pulled into the party if they messaged directly? Um, you know, I I don't really see much campaigning around here, other than political signs in people's yards, okay. which you know at least get your name out there. I'd like to hear, you know, I'd like to see these people go watch them speak and give their stances and i know that was difficult this year um just because with all the social distancing and a lot of lockdowns mandates i know it was really hard to you know try and campaign through all that but you know it would it would be nice to just have them be heard even if it's you know i'm willing to go ahead and share youtube videos or if they tweet about it, have a podcast, I'm willing to spread it. I mean, <laughs> I will try my best to give them the attention that I think they deserve. Yeah. So I just so think, I'm not been, sure. Mm -hmm. Local candidates would have been helpful for you and- Yes. Yeah, local We activity. actually didn't have many local libertarians on the ballot. Um, wow. That's, I believe there were two or three. I mean, uh, yeah, in Oklahoma, we were pumped because one county, we actually had more libertarians than Democrats on the ballot. Um, so we, we did a good job in certain areas of the state, not every area, um, but every area of the state, we had three or four on the ballot. And then certain areas, we had more than that. Um, and so anyway, yeah, I could see how that could, that could be a downer. Um, yeah what issues right now are most on your mind are you most passionate about um actually currently <laughs> um what's been on my mind a lot lately is actually the coronavirus um so the governor decided to go ahead and lock down our state again um for the next three weeks at a minimum and you know it it cuts back on you know people are not going to work again because it's if it's over 10 people indoors it's prohibited um and we actually have a lot of state police around here that will will enforce it wow. um you know we've had we've had some lawsuits come through against our governor because you know telling someone how many people are is allowed to gather goes against your first amendment <laughs> so you know it's it's upsetting that so many people are willing to give away that right. I think that people are able to make better decisions if they were more knowledgeable about, 
you know, this virus and things that are going on. Um, but sending out these mandates and having state police enforce it and giving fines is just not, <laughs> you know, you can't lock people in their homes forever. Right. So, and at this point, hearing three weeks at a minimum, I'm like, how long are we going to do this? At some point, we need to be free. Yeah. What has been the reaction of the Republicans in the state? Oh, they're just not listening. Yeah. <laughs> they're just not listening. I mean, it's, there's, there's a lot of hatred towards the governor at this point. And from what you've heard, at least from where you're sitting, you have not heard a libertarian response? No. Okay. No. Um, I actually, whenever I went to vote, I didn't even recognize their names or see anything from them. I actually had to research them myself and figure out who was running. Yeah. And I'm like, I should at least see an ad somewhere. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not too crazy to sponsor an ad on Facebook or, you know, have, have someone share a list that you're voting or not voting, running. Right. So yeah. a lot of people aren't going to be willing to do their own research on it. They're just going to see the ads, see the yard signs. So just getting a name out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, we had a guest on a few weeks ago, Angela McCardle, who is seeking the LNC uh, chair nomination. Um, she'll be running against Joe Bishop Henchman, who we'll hopefully have on shortly. Um, and her big complaint and the reason she announced her run was because the national and even the state parties um, haven't, or mostly national, haven't um, spoken out loudly enough against the lockdowns um, and, and just have not made a show of force against it. Uh, so that's why I was wondering if you had heard anything from the state party. Uh, we honestly, Kevin, I'm thinking Oklahoma, our state party didn't do much, but that was basically because the governor hasn't locked us down hardly at all. Um, so we haven't had much to protest here in Oklahoma. Um, but yeah, I was, I was curious about Pennsylvania. Well, what do you have planned going forward? You've got um, probably about, you know, 75 years ahead of you in this group. <laughs> <laughs> um, for Sarah? So that's actually still up in the air at the moment. I know that sounds kind of, kind of crazy. I, I did already, you know, finish college, two degrees and, you know, a very stable job. So that's nice. I, I already got married, have a house. So I guess in my future, I would like to advance my career, but I'm not sure with which path I'd like to take. Um, I, I enjoy the company I work for, but I'm not sure the position I'm in is right for me. I'm actually considering leaning towards project management and hoping, hoping to get into management. So that's my ultimate goal. I would like to manage engineers, but the engineering degree, which would have been my third degree, 
ended up being too time consuming for working a full-time job. Yeah. So if I ever have free time, I, I may go back to it, but starting from square one with an engineering degree in my mid to late thirties may not be the smartest move. Sure. So I guess it's still up in the air. Um, I know I'd like to further my education some more. I tend to do very well in school and I enjoy, I enjoy all the STEM topics. So I've considered stats. I've tried electrical engineering. Um, I've considered engineering management. I just have so many, so many things that I'm interested in that it's hard to narrow down and figure out which path I want to take. Oh, you have a lot of time. <laughs> as far as the Libertarian Party, are you thinking uh, just being an active member? Are you thinking of getting more involved? Um, What's your thought process there? I, I would like to become more involved. I've actually considered um, being a candidate, candidate in my area just because we don't have many. Right. Although I have to admit, I think my husband would be a better fit. <laughs> so... <laughs> Him and I have actually both discussed it to try and see, you know, who should do it. Who's, have you who's him go to for the it? Libertarian Party? I'm sorry? Have you brought him to the Libertarian Party? Uh, no. <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought for the longest time that he was Republican. I've, I've never really asked. I just kind of assumed because his family is, um, most of his friends are. Um, but this year when I told him, you know, I can't, I can't vote for Trump. I, I couldn't do it. And he looked at me and he's like, then what are you going to do? <laughs> and I told him, I'm like, I'm, I'm voting for Joe Jorgensen. That's, and that's final. That's that. And he was like, okay, who's, who's that? <laughs> and I was like, hey, here, here she is. And he was like, oh, she's libertarian. Like, yeah, let's vote for her. And I was like, who are you? <laughs> so I don't know when he became libertarian, but you know, he, he gets very passionate about it. And you know, he's, he's started to talk to his friends as well. And a lot of them are realizing that that's where they fall, but they haven't gone the full way and voted that way yet. So definitely encourage you to reach out to the party. I know in Oklahoma, um, you get two or three or four people together and you can start a county chapter. Uh, so I don't know the rules in Pennsylvania, but I would certainly encourage you to reach out to the state party um, and see what's going on in your area. And, and that'd be interesting, I think. Um, to get young, you know, excited people yeah. to start county chapters. That's incredibly important for the movement. So, um, well, Kevin, you got anything? Nothing for me. I really appreciate you coming on. I think you got an interesting story. Um, I really look forward to seeing what you're going to do in the party and, and where this is going to go for you. Well, thank you. And Sarah, if you want to tell people where they can find you. Yeah. Um, I'm on Twitter most of the time uh, at S-A-I-I-I-R-R-R. -R -R. And then that's actually my Instagram handle as well. 
Um, so go ahead, give me a follow, reach out, say hi. Um, I usually follow people back if they interact with me. If, if I didn't, let me know, because I definitely will. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We've had a great time and good Ladies of Liberty episode, and we'll be talking to you soon. All right. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.